0: For January 3rd, 2011, it's the Overthinking It podcast. Episode 131 went to elementary school and is partially deaf. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. I am your host. Not that that really means anything. Matthew Rather, <laughs> I'm one of the people who will be talking at you. Uh, we're here to put it in your ear until they tell us to go home. Here on the podcast of record, <laughs> the Overspeaking <laughs> podcast.
1: Uh, is, that a, is that inappropriate, that's what she said, or is that not appropriate at all? <laughs> <laughs> Never
0: mind. What, what would she put in your ear? Uh, exactly. Right? Uh, <laughs> wow, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and we're only... <laughs> 30 seconds into the show, that's the kind of 2011 it's going to be. This is our first show of the new year, uh, and that's when a, a, a podcaster's thoughts turn to, uh, you know, resolutions, to one's efforts to make life better, to one's own um, uh, feeble attempts at self-improvement. So uh, we'll get right into it with the uh, podcasters last year. We were preparing for this, and uh, a few of us uh, who were on the New Year's podcast last year were emailing back and forth with each other, um, and we, uh, we talked about our resolutions for last year. Uh, here's what they were. Fenzel resolved to become a character on the Jersey Shore season two. Rather resolved to stop making resolutions. And if, I, if that is indeed what I said, I, I don't recall. This is someone reported this to me. If that is indeed what I said, I'm sorry, because that is a lame joke. Lamer than my <laughs> usual jokes. And, you know, I don't have a high bar to begin with. Jordan resolved to watch Little Miss Sunshine again, and uh, Mark started a conversation about Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, which uh, put the whole podcast off on a tangent. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Mark> <laughs> never got a chance to make his resolution. Okay, so that that was uh those were the stats last year. Let's check in for uh resolutions, whether you kept them and what you intend to do this uh this coming year. Peter Fenzel joins us Yo. from uh, the beautiful Northeast.
1: That's correct. That's definitely correct. Uh I did pretty good this year. Um I, you guys probably don't don't see me that much when I'm working. Um, but I wear a bumpet and I have this sort of uh, prosthetic thing that I wear. It sort of has a lot of cleavage, right? And so I tuck my hair back and I, I don't know why they even believed that I was a real person, but I, I tucked my hair back over the bumpet and I put this sort of like it was actually a, a, a triple toy that I'd bought at. Uh, <laughs> At, at, I think it was at uh, Dragon Con and I put it on top of my head, and I put on my little bustier prosthetic, and I, I decided to call myself um, uh, S- Smokey. But they mistook it as snooky, and I went with it because, you know, if they're saying it, then it's got to be right. I've had a great year. You know, like people think I was listed among uh, Time Magazine's most influential people, uh, and I think that I was um, – if I wasn't, then uh, I just feel I don't read Time Magazine, which I think is a good resolution for anybody to make at any given year is to stop reading Time Magazine. Um, so, yeah, so I think I did okay this year. Next year? I think it's it's about. I mean, it was good to do something. You know, it was good to do something like like for the world by being on the Jersey Shore. And now I want to do something for myself. So I'm going to say for next year, I'm going to say either by way of cybernetics, uh, biotechnology, or magic. I'm going to achieve some sort of either superpower or like a cult ability, or like or like <laughs> some like a, like a robot arm, or like the ability to like talk to squirrels, or like or like flight. Well. That's a little cliche. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to either it's going to be either biotechnology, uh, cybernetics or magic. And we're talking about a uh, super Pete 2011. Uh, and it's going to be uh, come into a uh, petty robbery near you with overwhelming force. Uh, you know, quite, quite, quite asymmetrical to that, which is being provided by the Com- gun. Committing,
2: committing a petty robbery or You're preventing, or, it. Preventing, oh, it preventing, or preventing, preventing. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to run up and Jack, dude's.
1: No, no, I'm – you know, <laughs> some, I you gave me some ideas, but that was what I was doing when I was on Jersey Shore. Now, now I'm going to go bounce uh... some bullets off my chest and then they're going to throw the gun at me and it's going to hit me in the eye. I'm going to have to go to the hospital unless I duck, <laughs> in which case I'm going to be in solid. So there you go. That's my resolution for 2011. I feel like if you believe, you can achieve, and that's really the lesson today is, uh, is that.
0: Absolutely. That's, uh, that's worthy of Oprah, I think, Pete.
1: You know. Oh, yeah, everybody gets a car, by the way. <laughs> um, left about outside in the street just get a coat hanger and outside of your house there's a car and you just take it because it's yours
3: um, i mean you you're, all you're welcome listen- <laughs> <laughs> you all listening at home of course get nothing but those of you who are here in the podcast studio with us if you look under your chairs you yes. will find a
1: car that's correct i don't know how i fit it down there but magic oh <gasps> am i getting an early start you'll be the judge <laughs>
4: <laughs> mark lee is in beautiful
0: new york city
4: <laughs> Well, since last year I didn't get to make a New resolution on the podcast, my resolution for this year is to prevent the overthinking of podcast from getting sidetracked onto uh, tangents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kidding! <laughs> Kidding! Don't
1: fix your butt, can cash, Maverick. Come on. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, next
4: thing, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm gonna—I don't know—like resolve to uh, to to uh, bring peace to the Middle East. Yeah, is, or that the, to, is that
0: the give, example that came to mind, and you didn't? Yeah, it's not. It more it might like give controversy. Leading the
4: witness, come on, guys! I more like give give unicorns to everyone in the uh, overthinking live studio audience. Um, and you also, not going to happen. <laughs> oh no. Okay, no. In all seriousness, I was looking actually. I had, I compiled a list of not resolutions but goals, since I am of the corporate goal setting type. You know, milestones and crap like that. Um, I actually put together like a <laughs> solid dozen or so uh, goals for the first half of 2010. And I com- I'm proud of to say I accomplished about three-quarters of them, uh, which is a pretty good rate because these are pretty ambitious goals, you know, like putting on pants and things like that. Um, but one of them actually was to daily? do— You put on pants daily? <laughs> Give or take uh, days. The things that he— Okay, so the, the, one of the goals was to do a live musical performance, which sort of happened, not the way I expected, but actually was able to happen with the uh, live show that overthink It did for oh. Geek Week back in May, which was a lot of fun. And after that, uh, you know, we, we had thoughts of about doing another live show. Uh, we applied for a panel at Comic-Con. We didn't get it. I don't know why, bastards. Um, well, they gave us a rep- press pass, so I'm not really going to complain too much. Um, but no, but what actually is my resolution for this year and for uh, overthinking as a whole is to get us another live show and put it on hopefully in New York City. If not New York City, I don't know, like Branson, Missouri would probably be a good second choice for that. But uh, bring the overthinking experience uh, actually to a, an actual live studio audience. We're not going to give you unicorns, but we will do our shtick for you. We'll sing songs. We'll do presentations. We'll, um, you know, spin plates on our heads and entertain you in other forms like that. So that's my resolution for uh, myself and for – oh, I just made it on the behalf of you guys as well too. So I hope you're
0: <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm 100%, 100% behind, behind you. you. And, I will, and I will say this as well. As well. Uh, uh, someone's, echoing. someone's echoing. You. <laughs> yeah, but someone doesn't have their headphones on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should, I should have put that together. It's <laughs> <laughs> what, what my point was. I will say this also. If you can come to the door and recite the entire text of Where the Wild Things are verbatim, uh, we will let you into that show free.
4: How about, how about the St. Christmas Day speech? Would that suffice as well? Too easy.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, it's really
4: for, tough. you for the English majors on the podcast. Uh, yeah, but no, <laughs> metrical,
0: one of the things about metrical language is that it's easier to remember because, it, you know, it has a beat. You know, mm-hmm. you
4: know what I mean? Okay. Fine. Make it where the wild things are. Start mm-hmm. memorizing people. Mm.
1: I was saying I was really impressed by Mark's ability to put on pants every day because he put them on a Kodiak bear. (laughs) (laughs) But I I tried to shoehorn my joke in the middle of the conversation, and I feel bad. And I'm sorry about that, guys. I would have resolved to not do that anymore if I had any intention of holding myself to it. So please continue, and I'll interrupt when I
0: choose. (laughs) Sorry, guys. John Parrish is also in
2: the Boston area. Hello. So I was not on the New Year's podcast last year, so I did not make a resolution then. So as far as you know, I held to it. And, of course, my success was so obvious that I'm not even going to reiterate what the resolution was. My resolution for 2011 is to bring back the career of Rick Rosevich. I was inspired by this by uh, the the Top Gun reference someone made earlier. <laughs> and when I was visiting Baltimore over Thanksgiving to say hi to the folks – I was home during the day, and both my parents were at work. So I was watching TV, and I caught Top Gun and the original Terminator back to back. And of course, the the unifying quality that holds them together, and I think makes them such fantastic movies, is of course Rick Rossovich. Uh, Rick Rossovich, who, as you will recall, played Iceman's co-pilot in Top Gun, and played the boyfriend of uh, Linda Hamilton's roommate in the original Terminator. Mm. He, he he gets beat up by Arnold Schwarzenegger when... No, Schwarzenegger, no, no, no. Correction, so. correction. He was terminated. Yes. Was he terminated? Right. Yes, <laughs> he was. yes, he was terminated. But it, it, he wasn't shot. He was, in fact, thrown through a couple walls and a plate glass door and just generally pounded a lot until he he dies. So he goes out like a champ. He's not. It's not just one between the eyes and done. So, But since then... Well, I mean, he did a lot of work in the 90s as well, but his last big projects were... And this is per IMDb. Uh, he was on Pac Blue, a.k.a. Pacific Blue, for those of you not in the industry, for <laughs> about 50, uh, 50-odd episodes. He was in Chicken Soup for the Soul. But since then, he hasn't really done much. So I am going to put Rick Rossovich back on the map this year. 2011 is his year. Going to make it happen. Rico, you call me. Have my people call your people or have your people call my people or however this works. Rather, you have some people
0: have some people call some people somewhere. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I want phones
2: ringing and I want Rick Rossovich back on the big screen.
1: Everybody, every day you're hustling. Come on, every day, every day, every day you're hustling. Let's go. Get me (laughs) Rossovich. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, that was from Rick Rossovich's Gentile brother, uh, rap artist Rick Ross, who sang uh, that
3: song. <laughs> I would say that, uh, that Rick Rossovich every day he's hustling a bitch. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that laughs> you and I were definitely on the same wavelength. I was like yeah. looking for the joke. The minute that name came out, I didn't even know who the actor was. I was just like, I was on Rick Ross's Wikipedia page being like, which song is the joke there?
1: Oh yeah. Which one, did you have a? Did you have a different one? You were going to say? No,
3: no, no. <laughs> every day he's hustling a bitch was mine. I just you know. I, I, couldn't, you. I couldn't. just let you have it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's
1: very true. That's very true. I want. You, I need you there, Jordan. I need somebody there to interrupt me and not interrupt me, but stop me from talking. And Don't tell me, me that
0: this is going to be the a podcast where we you know get a, get a <laughs> filmography of something. He's a bitch. Burn him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he, was on, he was on. He was on Pack Blue Avich. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but uh, before for a second there, I I thought I detected the dulcet baritone of Jordan Stokes. What's going on?
3: Hey. All right. So uh, my my New Year's resolution from last year was to watch Little Miss Sunshine again, which I did not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your renovation is like <laughs> two hours. You could have done, like, done it like yesterday.
3: <laughs> okay, this yeah. year, uh, I decided I'm going to go with something slightly more ambitious, which is to finish my, finish my PhD in music history.
4: Uh, good luck with that. Oh, I okay. mean, <laughs> yes, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. sure if I see. can put on pants, Jordan, <laughs> you can do that. Make sure
1: you start pushing the PhD thesis before you jump into it, because uh, otherwise you won't be able to start it. You'd get that joke. Did your job? <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Man, that was just mean. Sorry about that. That was just
3: mean. no, no, no. It's it's quite all right.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: I right. I, I deserve what I get for entering this field.
1: <laughs> Which one? The one with us, like the the Thunderdome here, and overthinking it. We're like.
3: <laughs> I, I meant academia. Yeah. Really though, it's oh. it's like well, both of them. Both of them. Mm. It's a tricky, a tricky intersect
0: on the Venn diagram that is (laughs) like overthinking it in academia. Uh, All right. I guess that just leaves me. My my resolution was uh, apparently not to have a resolution, which is um, which belongs uh, in in the same circle of Dante's hell that the joke I gave up Catholicism for Lent belongs in. And I mm. uh, and I regret ever making it, and I apologize to our listeners, and I apologize to my fellow podcasters. Uh, I have failed you, and uh, I will do better in future. Is
2: there some sort of broader category of unjoke that that fits in? That you know, my version of X is anti-X.
0: Yeah, it's called hmm. deconstruction.
1: <laughs> I, it's, called, it's called anti-drug humor, right? Or no? no that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what. Well, when we were in college, that was the one we were always making. Yeah, the that's, joke that, that's that, a that dated. Heroin yeah. is my anti-drug. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, so yeah, the, a- anti-drug humor. I like that. That's going to be my my thumbnail for it
0: from here on out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um My resolution for 2011 is to do something that I failed to do. Uh, in 2010, which is to watch one Netflix movie on DVD and return it and get a new DVD from Netflix in return. (laughs) Guess (laughs) what? Yeah, yeah, I'm setting myself a modest goal. I watch a ton of of instant streaming. I have one of those little set-top boxes from Roku, and it's just click, 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 click. They they just put all 11 episodes of um, Law & Order uh, Special Victims Unit up on on Netflix Instant Screaming, and you know how I love child rape. but uh, all, all all 11 episodes? You mean all 11 seasons? I do. That's what I meant.
2: Uh, I was going to say, did, have we just been getting a lot of mileage out of the same 11 stories? Because the answer is yes, we have. I just, I just thought, <laughs> yes. I just
0: thought 11, no
2: one would admit it.
3: 11 is far too high, actually. There's like... <laughs> the episodes. Mm-hmm.
1: Man versus nature, man versus rapist, <laughs> rapist versus nature, no, rapist and
3: yeah.
0: Nubile cheerleader versus rapist. Wait, wait. What What about rapist versus
4: rapist? Have you ever done that? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh.
3: I mean, you, you uh, get I that. I'm the
4: fool for questioning, <laughs> even questioning that.
3: You get that more on Oz, which is the other show that the entire ca- cast of SVU is on other than SVU. But yeah. you get it on SVU on occasion. <laughs>
1: Those I wanted to see how their work is affecting their relationships at home. Because that is a hard 10 years right there. Like, that is tough. <laughs> like, you're working on Oz every day. And then you're like, oh, honey, that show is finally done. Let's go to Olive Garden. Oh, I'm so happy. You worked so hard. I'm so proud of you. I got this new gig. Yeah, what's it called? Special Victims Unit. Oh, is it like some sort of like action show? It's like, no, we pursue people who commit heinous sex crimes. And we show them the screen. <laughs> And it's like, honey, I thought you said you were done. It's like, this is my work. This is why you love me. And it's like, I love you because of the man that I met, not the man who goes around with child rapists all the time, for Christ's sake. (laughs) It's at a home with Oz right there. Yeah, definitely. And, honey, I hate the Olive Garden, too. (laughs) Okay, now we're getting a divorce. (laughs)
0: Love me, love my breadsticks. Exactly Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yes, so what that means In practical terms for 2011 Is that I will be watching the film Junebug For which uh, Amy Adams Was nominated for a I think a supporting actress Oscar, right? Um, A couple years ago Mm -hmm. I will be watching this film And returning it to the good people At Netflix this year And getting whatever is next on my queue Uh I'm sure, uh, which I can then keep until 2014.
4: Gosh, you know, nothing says watch me quite like uh, Amy Adams nominated for Best Supporting Actress. No, 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 actual no knock against Amy Adams for that. <laughs> it's more just, um, you know, we had this, like we had the conversation before, uh, you know, my penchant for Arnold Schwarzenegger, stupid action movies, which uh, last time I checked, Did Amy like, Adams is not in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So Sorry.
0: Amy Adams is in the Fighter, and she's pretty good in it too. Oh. Though the Fighter is pretty good, Christian Bale is mm. brilliant in that. That's That's also, is he really good? Yeah, he's really, really good uh, <laughs> as a you know working class Boston crack addict. Right, right, right.
1: All right crack well, really? Crack is whack. That's what I've heard.
0: It is. I've I've uh, <laughs> I've heard that. So. Um, so we continue hustling a Uh, we're going to, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to get into, uh, so, so much for 2010. We're getting into 2011 in a minute. But I wanted to read this, um, first. Uh, this is a review of the Overthinking and Podcast that I found on iTunes. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I, from never From time mind. to
0: time, I, I check our reviews. I see how we're doing. And I appreciate it when, when you go there and when you give us five stars. I mean, if you think we deserve five stars, give us whatever amount of stars you think we deserve, uh, if it's five. Um, you know, and write, <laughs> write a couple of nice things. Don't be like that jerk who said, this podcast is only for 20-something hipsters because, you know, uh, around about these next couple of years, we're all 30-something hipsters. <laughs> so go F yourself, uh, you troll. You comment <laughs> troll. Whoa, whoa. But That's hang on, the hang audience
3: on. there. <laughs> I thought that that guy's review was was pretty fair. I mean, he got the age bracket wrong by, like, you know, three or four years. But, you know, there's a fair amount of truth to what he says. <laughs>
1: Um, That's not true. You know, a full, there's a large amount of our audience with just teenagers, like late teenagers. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> like, we got to understand. Most young. of our Facebook friends are 14 year old girls for no re- for some reason that still escapes us. We don't understand why. It's because it's they're fans of the abstract concept and they pass it around on Facebook to all their friends. Right. Uh, and, you know, yeah. I
0: think it's also because 14 year old girls are the ones who like check up the pages that their friends like and like those pages. You know, it's a badge of group membership, right? Like this. Yeah, is, exactly. This is the 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 uh, demographic that are the super users of social networking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, the power. Is that, is that users. like a, a known thing, or are you just speculating? No, I'm speculating. I'm, but oh. I'm saying it authoritatively.
1: I'm, I'm agreeing because it will pro- pro- it will push the conversation forward, whereas disagreeing would cause us to dwell on this topic, on which neither of us has any information. You know what?
0: <laughs> <they have. laughs> but, but Pete, that's what. Um, that's what the Overthinking podcast is about. I don't know. The, uh, the 20-something hipsters guy who gave us a one-star review did not back up his claims with evidence, but this two-star review, uh, this two-star <laughs> review did back up his claims with evidence. So I want, to, um, I want to read it now. I recently became enamored of the Overthinking It blog and figured I'd give the podcast a try. When I tuned in, I expected an in-depth analysis of the Harry Potter phenomenon per the episode's description, presumably in the context of the newly released seventh Harry Potter film. What I got instead was a long, meandering intro, which attempted to offer a working definition of magic by way of David Duchovny, Sandra Bullock, and Star Wars. By the halfway point, nothing Harry Potter had been discussed. But then, it began! They spent the next what felt like 10 or 15 minutes tediously discussing their respective histories with Harry Potter books, before revealing that none of them... Had actually seen the <laughs> latest film. <laughs> Oops. Now, this was a two star review on iTunes, but I submit to you that this is a very fair description of what we do on this podcast. So um you know, so thank you for for your truth telling, uh, anonymous um uh comment lever. This is I think uh uh you know, this is what we aim for. Uh we punt- Me, I'm just, on I'm just- yeah. I'm surprised and flattered that we got two stars out of
2: that. I mean, I wonder what I wonder what this gentleman. I'm sorry, I'm presuming it's a gentleman. It could could be a lady as well. But I wonder what this person would would have to hear for us to get one star? Like all of that plus denying the Holocaust. I mean, what what, what does it take?
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I think they have to find us not sexy in addition to us being irrelevant. Right. But in fact, <laughs> and sexy, and the sexy gives us one uh, two stars. That's that's solid. That's that's the extra star right there.
4: Now, now, to be fair, and I do like to be contrarian on this podcast because it provides something interesting to talk about, um, I was recently introducing this podcast to someone who had never heard an episode before, and the first episode that came to mind, there were two that came to mind. One was uh, our Inception podcast, and the other one was our Avatar podcast, and I've always sort of maintained that our best podcasts are when we have, well, shockingly, have all seen the same movie and are all kind of like really excited about it, and that gets us going, and we really unpeel a lot of different layers on the topic, so all this to say that I think there 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 is some validity into what this guy's saying here, and I don't want to totally discount the perspective of, well, you know, when people talk about a movie that they haven't actually seen, it's not quite as interesting as if they had <laughs> actually seen it. I know, shocking concept, right? Just putting that out there, you guys.
3: I think this is actually a good question to turn over to our audience. Let us know in the, uh, in the comment thread, do you think that we should have standards of quality that we try to meet?
2: Oh, that, that's a pretty dangerous question right there. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's backpedal that a little. Uh, I, well, I, well, no, I, I, I take that back. I mean, it is a legit
0: question, and we, we should address it.
3: I mean, I, we'll, we'll ignore you, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'd like to know what you think. <laughs>
0: I will probably, would... we'll probably make fun of you behind your back.
2: I, I would I would be more curious to know that I I agree with I agree with Mark that the podcasts where we're all on board with the same topic tend to be, in my opinion, tighter and higher energy and generally more productive than the podcasts where we're coming in at various stages of information or in the case of Harry Potter where none of us were familiar <laughs> with the source material. But my question to the audience would be: Are so? I guess if you have a spectrum where yeah you know, on a scale of one to ten where ten is most cohesive where we've all seen the topic and we all hit it point by point and where one is least cohesive where we where we tangent you know at, at the most frequent level as we ever do uh are are the are the podcasts that trend more toward one substantially weaker than the podcasts that are on the the cohesive end of the spectrum or is it like well sometimes they're sometimes they're all over the place sometimes they're focused and you take you take one with the other like in other words are the are the tangential ones worse in your eyes, or are they just part of the flavor you get when you sign on to the overthinking at Freight Train, ramming down your headphones into your brain pan?
4: In other words, I, I want someone to put together a two by two matrix or a four quadrant graph, which one axis is the cohesiveness of the topic, and another axis is the quality of the of the of the, of the podcast, and scatter plot all of the episodes and see where uh, the most concentration of episodes are. Then, then we'll have the answer.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to share a conjecture because that's what I, I like to do is just make, make things up and say them. Hmm. Uh, is that I think that even if the focused ones seem better, part of why we're scattered is that uh, there are certain times in which were we to do a focused one, it would be really bad. And I think that there are times where we start doing a focused episode and we realize we have nothing to talk about, so we audible into something else. right? So <laughs> it, It's one of those things where it's, we only hear the focused episodes that we have the material to support. There are all these these non-existent hypothetical overthinking at podcast in which we do talk about Harry Potter for for an hour. Uh that having seen the movie that are terrible, but we spare them, spare you them because uh because we know while we're recording it when things start going wrong, I mean that's my take on it anyway. I don't know about like, you
3: guys. If you were to hear those, you'd sit there at the end of it, just a, a shattered wreck of a human being, and, <laughs> and uh, turning to your roommate, you would weep and say, "Like, if only I could go back in time, yeah. you know, and <laughs> stop this podcast from happening." You and never To that, I can. It. To that, I can only say, "You're welcome." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it's it's like it's like Philip it's like a Philip K Dick novel it's like man in the high castle which is about you know an alternate future where the nazis or where the axis wins world war 2 and you know the characters in that novel grapple with the fact that they may be living in an alternate reality so you podcast listeners must grapple with the fact that you may be living in an alternate reality where the best of all possible podcasts have already been chosen or are perhaps living in an alternate reality where the best of all possible podcasts have not been chosen. Which is it? How can you possibly tell? Ah!
1: We also do record additional podcasts in each of the uh, fifth through tenth dimensions of string theory, which exist uh, an infinitesimal distance away from our own visible dimensions, but which you can get on iTunes if you go on iTunes.
2: (laughs) Although, Although I should warn you, they're really hard to download because they are infinitely dense, and yep. are only about one 10 trillionth of a second in duration.
3: They also spin
2: really, really fast.
3: Yeah. Infinitely basically, fast. basically, you just hear will go, and it's done. <laughs> yeah. Which is sort
1: of, that's what she said. Never mind. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Infinitely dense? That sounds like some of the podcasters. Sorry, I guess the, <laughs> I guess the moment had passed.
3: No, no, I'm, I'm weighty, but I'm also voluminous, so my density is only average. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, um, you know what? Well, we got some good comments for last week when we talked about exactly nothing. Yeah, you guys brought the laws.
1: <laughs> Bro, well, we, we had f- fun and it was funny, and we talked really in a good way. St-
4: Thanks, yeah, you, Mark Lee. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I stick my neck out for no man, but I would stick my neck out for you. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh. Um, great. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, John has an announcement about the, uh, the winner of our Twitter contest, the second, um, uh, the second, uh, stage of it.
2: Yes, that's right. I do. One second. Let me just pull that link back up. Mm-hmm. Yes. So our, the second stage of our Twitter contest, which started, I guess technically on the 14th, when we ended the first stage of the Twitter contest, had all of six entries this time. So nice work, guys. Uh, Thank you for for tagging along. And the winner, randomly selected just now by rolling a die with more than six sides, uh, you know, uh, it was the first thing I had, was Ryan Omgaro. Ryan, whose uh, tweet uh, was that his favorite post of 2010 was... The overthinking.com article about Kanye West's SNL appearance, which coincidentally was written by me but had nothing to do with his selection. I really <laughs> promise.
0: Sure, it didn't. This was he supposed also,
2: to be random. It was random. All of you all, in the pre podcast recording, all of you heard the die rolling. You all heard it hit the table.
0: It's true. When we uh, when um, John determined the first the first winner, uh, <laughs> I wrote him and I said, "Well, we we had promised it would be random, right?" I, and the reason I wrote that is because when we were emailing back and forth about it, John, you said I chose the first winner, um, and I, I you know my hypersensitive ear attuned to you know nuances of. Uh, of, you know, William, the C-text of Langland's Pierce Plowman, uh, picked up on the word choose. And I thought, well, uh, we said it would be random, right? And you were like, it was random. And I wrote back and said, how'd you choose it then? And uh, John wrote back and said, uh, I, I rolled a D20. To, <laughs> to, to,
2: <laughs> so, so basically ra- rather compose this long email string just to coax me into saying that I owned a 20-sided die, which, you know, he could have just asked.
0: And then, and then I wrote back and said, no. <laughs> Which I is what's
1: wrong with owning a twenty-sided die. Yeah, I mean, perfectly longer. normal people own twenty-sided dice. <laughs> tweet yes, tweet.
3: Uh, now, uh, wait—did we already announce the winner? Yeah, we did, right? We, so, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. So the, the winner—the winner is uh, Ryan Ongaro. Ryan, if you're listening, and we'll also repeat this—we'll repeat this on our Twitter feed and in the in the. Posts on the site as well. Ryan, please send us your uh, shipping address and which flavor of Overthinking It T-shirt you would like, and we will ship it to you. And now, size. if,
3: on the other hand, uh, you oh do yeah, like and to, size, <laughs> size. Send that if you'd like to roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you like to go double? If you have a saving throw against <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> against
3: receiving an Overthinking It T-shirt, then uh, <laughs> let, it, now, let us. Now is ready. the time. Yeah, um... and we'll mail you half a shirt. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, the, um, uh, the, it's an overthinking it shirt of dorkiness plus four,
1: <laughs> man. So Parrish got to choose the, choose the winner. No, he didn't. And he, didn't was... he
0: didn't choose the winner. This is the thing that, that, that kind of like, uh, made me worried before it's, it's not that he chose the winner. He determined the winner.
1: I'm. I'm just saying that no one man should have all that power. That's all
2: I'm saying. Uh. Actually, no. Wait. It's regarding an article of mine. So, yay. (laughs) That's what the article was about, right? Was the Kanye West? Yes. It was about the Kanye West song song, power. Yes. Exactly. Speaking of which, if this is 2010 review, has anyone listened to Kanye West's "Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" yet? Oh God, no.
1: I haven't actually. I would like to. I hear nice things about it. No, I don't. I haven't
0: know him that well. Oh, you mean the album of that name?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. But the thing is, rather, if you listen to the album, apparently, you will know him significantly better. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, this is this something that's been observed about Kanye West in the past. So I am not the author of this, but one of the things about Kanye is that he. You know he's very he's been very confessional this year in particular actually over the last couple of years and the album is very much in that same vein it's very much just Kanye West talking about what it's like being inside Kanye West's head with the usual you know high production values and and decent quality lyrics that he's known for so <laughs> so yeah that's so yeah as I said if you if you listen to Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy you will get to know Kanye West. I don't know, better than anyone who listens to this podcast knows us, for instance.
1: Is this the first album of his that isn't uh, named with a theme of a sort of arc of a somebody with a difficult and uh, sort of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, inter- oh, it's not intermediate. Uh, oh, gosh, the one where it starts and stops and starts and stops. Intermittent, intermittent. thank you. Someone with an intermittent college education experience? Because that's like what his what is album names generally refer to, right?
2: how do you
4: mean oh, well, Let's see uh, college dropout late registration graduation that's yes. that's the arc of the college student right there next is 808s yeah. and heartbreak with oh. i don't know if 808 is a reference to like you know extremely high level graduate courses and heartbreak. 808 <laughs> we talked about this
1: 808 is the drum machine it's in like a G6 right uh, Ah, yeah. yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but i like i
2: really really like uh the alternate it's etymology yeah, do, do graduate schools even offer 800-level classes?
0: Oh, let's, let's go around the horn. And, and what is the highest number course that you've ever taken in any education institution? <coughs> yeah,
3: go for oh, it. Okay, man. this is going to blow yeah, your sure. mind. Pete, can I tell you what it is? Sure. It was a number that is larger than 9,000. What? <laughs> like 9, How is that even possible? Bo- That's not <laughs> possible.
1: <laughs> it's not possible. Bo- God, I just broke my headset. I'm using the uh, mic on my computer because I broke my headset in my hand. (laughs) Anyway, what was it? 9001?
3: Like 9036. There was a 9000 series. All of those courses were over 9000. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh.
0: How about you, Matt? Uh, English, uh, English 985 at Yale.
1: Stokes' oh, class oh, oh. obliterated you. It could have destroyed the planet. I
3: know,
0: yeah,
1: but,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I, you're a farmer with a shotgun, man. Farmer with a shotgun.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
0: And you know what 985 was called? Poetics.
4: Poetics. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I don't, even, I don't want you to define it either. Just don't. Uh, no, sir. Man, I'm not interested
1: yeah it's basically it's about opening a bottle of red wine and putting on Sade. that's really all they do. oh this is so music hey let me sit down let me rub your shoulders
3: so I have, I have a question for the for the panel uh is it good that by listening to kanye west's music you get a better sense of who kanye west is like can, can we say that that always makes music better that it gives a, a like a closer view of who the artist is
1: I mean, I would say no, right? But I guess I guess you have to decide what it is you think music is trying to accomplish. But like, if if like, uh, you know, if Beethoven's fifth was like, you know, duh, 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 went to elementary school and is partially deaf, you know, that's not music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, there's some music for which the aesthetic goal is not uh, advanced upon by the addition of information. Um, like like right because i mean i don 't know this also raises the question i 'll let other people address the, the the core question we just asked, but it raises the question of like semantic content in music. Right, because mm. semantic content is not essential to music. Semantic content being anything that res- res- has a sort of signifier signified uh, textual relationship,
3: yeah, and right? anything that you can say in other words, right?
1: That's a good way of saying it. That's a good way of pointing it out. Definitely, you know. So, like, you know, anything like 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 a G six has semantic content. It means that there is mm. something, and then there is a state of resemblance, and then there is an airplane. Um, and <laughs> <Yeah>. these <laughs> things are not present in certain. <laughs> <kinds of music>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: actually you know there there are some controversial ther- theories that claim that expensive airplanes actually lie at the end of every signifying chain you know really <laughs> oh that, that, that is in fact what beethoven sits and
1: is about rolling up is that what it is is getting getting his golf and uh yeah, it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you can have whatever you like. Yeah,
3: yeah. You can have
1: whatever you like. Excellent. Yeah, Mozart's all about that-ish. Maybe that's what Amadeus is about. They should make Amadeus with 50 cents. That would be great.
3: Anyway. That would be interesting.
1: Anybody else have any other topics on the
2: matter?
3: Well, I'm curious, John, you brought it up. Like, what do you think about it?
2: Well one of the things I wanted to bring up earlier uh, Jordan which uh, is sort of an answer to your question it's tangential but I'm going to wedge it in anyway and try and make it work is about the recording careers of hip hop artists in general because typically it's a it's a hip hop artist's fourth album that determines whether they're going to whether they're going to go the distance uh, or if they're going to have any sort of long-term success at all because of the way recording contracts work uh, uh There's an artist's first three albums. There's their first album, which is the one where they get the most promotion and the most advance for, and they typically take a lot of upfront money for that. And then the second and third albums are typically done to... uh, They typically have to defer the royalties in order to pay back the advance that they earned off the first album. So the second and third tend to not be of as high quality. And indeed, you often get to the point where the third album is almost done under duress. And so, Mark, it was you who observed that... You know Kanye's first three albums were his college theme ones, and after that, his fourth album, you know, 808s and Heartbreaks. It, it's you know it was it was well it was well acclaimed, and you know it was sort of a change in theme from those first three. So perhaps uh, perhaps it was done it was done this in the same vein. Although I'm not specifically sure if that's true in Kanye's case because he. I don't know and I'm I'm checking Wikipedia as we talk about this but you know Kanye as a producer in his own right and you know owner of the, the good music record label doesn't he I guess he's technically producing them himself like were they was he contracting to himself I don't I don't know I'm looking on Wikipedia now, I'm not seeing any answers but mm. in any case that's, that's true of a lot of rappers in that you know their first album is the big hit second and third are kind of disappointing and typically they fall off the map after that and if they have a fourth album at all that's, that's usually pretty astonishing
1: yeah so now I was looking I was looking up at some examples just to sort of – because this arc actually you can – I don't know whether I'm reading it into it now that I'm thinking about it. But there's a couple of artists where you look at this arc, and it's it's really interesting how it plays out. The one that always jumps to mind for me is, uh, of course, uh, the – I think was it was the only one to have uh, – was it five straight albums that debuted at number one or something like that? Uh, take DMX, for example, right? So DMX's first album is It's Dark and Hell is Hot, right? And it's like this very intense uh, – you know, easy pioneers his style, explains you who he is, you know, makes a lot of his music. He's a very angry rapper. Uh, it's like a hardcore rap kind of thing. Then there's Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood in 98, and, and then there was X in 99. And then there was X. You get the sense just from the name of it and the picture on it that it's kind of phoned in. I mean, and these are all number one albums. And this is where uh, Party Up in Here comes from. You know, uh, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Which is a great song, but it's not necessarily, like, what DMX is all about as an artist. Uh, but his fourth, like, I, don't know you, I mean, I wrote an article about it. You can read my uh, great moments in racial discourse about Up in Here, uh, Party Up and Here by DMX. But his fourth album is The Great Depression, right? Which is his, it's also number one album. And it's, like, his big, you know artistic exploration his first one since his first album really where he really kinda digs into his stuff right and then the other one I want to look at was Snoop Dogg, because he's another great example. Because Snoop Dogg is definitely a guy who had, like, multiple different music careers. Where And his first three albums are all with Def Jam, and his fourth album is where he moves to No Limit. So it's cool to know that there's a reason why that happens. And I didn't know it's because of these, these terms, right? These, like, three-year, these three-album terms. And his fourth album is The Game is to be Sold, Not to be Told, which is the first uh, Snoop Dogg album to use a misspelled word. <laughs> Which would become a, a trademark of Snoop Dogg as he rediscovered himself, as he moved away from being a gangster icon and towards an icon of mislings and Doggerol. Ooh, Doggerol, doggerel. Ooh, doggerel! D O G G E R E L. That's great. <laughs> Dog roll, by the way for people who aren't familiar is like a a word for uh like low quality poetry like and not does not low quality I mean how would you define dog roll, Matt
0: Um it's uh well there there are some technical definitions and and some less technical definitions yeah. the the less technical definition is that it's it's silly poetry that you just kind of dash off you know what yeah. I mean so so if you're going to write a poem uh to some people cuz you happen to know them <laughs> Thank you, Pete. That was a pity laugh, but I'll accept it. No, um, it's not a pity
1: laugh. It's a laugh of ign- recognition that I've done that in the past. You know what I mean?
0: If you, like, if you write a dumb poem on a PowerPoint slide, uh, yeah. you know, that's doggerel. Uh, the technical yeah. definition is that it's, it's rhyming verse uh, that is unmetered or that has an irregular meter. Um, so, oh, okay. You know? Uh, and there's – and uh, if you look at Ogden Nash, he was sort of the master of this. You know, yeah. the line lengths are sort of – are comically varied, are, are varied. very yeah, the comically.
1: man loves an anapest. That man never saw an anapest he didn't like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never saw an anapest I didn't like. All um, right. High
1: five. Oh. I mean, this is yeah, a- maybe if he's five three. I
4: mean
0: <laughs> one. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Boo. Short, long, long, short, short, strong, weak, weak. Oh, man. Anyway. Um <laughs>
0: I think this is a good. This is a good lesson, and it's a good lesson for for us, the the podcasters, and for everyone who does anything creative. That you know, the successful people are the ones with the opportunity to reinvent themselves, who who then avail themselves of the opportunity <laughs> to continually re- reinvent themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, because. Um, uh, if you don't, it's uh, you know change or die or swim yeah. or die. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's what Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus learned. Uh, that you, you swim forward or you die. Basically, we're like Mega Sharks. We have to keep
3: Mega moving forward or <laughs> drown. We Mega right. drown. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> and the giant and the giant Octopus thinks it can just hustle a bitch. And
1: uh... <laughs> I mean, I'll add another way of looking at this is is you can say like okay there's these crap albums and then you have to see whether the fourth album is good or not there's also this idea that like reinvention comes in waves and you aren't going to see reinvention From every album, from everybody And I think that what, what you can think of this as And I like to think of this both in two things When I'm playing pickup basketball Or when I'm talking to people who are having trouble dating um, when, when every failure is a percentage of a success Right, it's like if you miss a shot You don't have to make every shot You just have to make every other shot And then you're, you're having a good uh, field goal percentage in basketball And it's like, well, if not everything works out like you, you, work, you try a certain number of times and eventually it works out Like, Snoop Dogg keeps putting out albums And not every, I mean, Snoop Dogg is Made seventy five
3: thousand albums. <laughs> no, he hasn't made
1: that, <laughs> <anymore>. uh, <laughs> that That's an exact. That's within two significant digits. Uh, no, he's made something on the order. I mean, Wikipedia's discography for him lists twelve albums. Right, so it's like an album. The twelve albums since nineteen ninety one. Right, uh, and, and so like that's a <laughs> lot of albums. He's also made like twenty movies during that time period, um, which is ridiculous. But uh, and a lot of them are really bad. But some of them are training day. But um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's that you keep pushing that stuff out and pushing yourself out, and you look for your opportunities to reinvent yourself. I think that's one of the reasons why overthinking can be proud of its, like, we-like-actors-who-work thing, you know? Because it's like the, one of the reasons why it's good to keep working is that it gives you opportunities to reinvent yourself, whereas if you only pick awesome projects – and something starts screwing up, you can find yourself in trouble really fast, because what are you gonna do? Like, what if Christopher Nolan pulls an M. Night Shyamalan and makes like a, a, a Marky Mark movie about plants? You know, it's like, and the plants doing evil things. I'm sorry, was that a spoiler of some kind? Does anybody care about that anymore? <laughs> I was talking about the movie, uh, Departed, uh, which stars
3: Marky Mark as a
1: tree. No, uh, <laughs> I you guys off sufficiently, so I haven't spoiled anything. But no, it's like, I was, I was talking about uh, Paul Rudd recently, with some friends on in an email conversation that John was part of, Paul Rudd is like this where he just makes turns out awful movies. But I don't think it makes Paul Rudd worse. It, he's just looking for his. He's looking to take his shots, and because he's okay doing bad movies or movies that you think are bad, then he it allows him to keep making movies and look for those opportunities to reinvent himself, right? Because um, you don't need to reinvent yourself if you never bother like you know, fleshing out your existing inventions, I suppose. I, <laughs> I feel to- like. I'm going to to
2: disagree, Fenzel. Sure, Uh, well, I've
1: always said this about you, John, is that you like good things done well, which I, I, I respect, but don't, Agree with? (laughs) (laughs) You
2: you like terrible things done poorly? I don't. I like
1: uh, done often, (laughs) and like, and I like people who I like art taking risks. No, I I say this mostly about when you sing karaoke. You sing good songs and you sing them well. Whereas I sing terrible songs and I sing them ridiculously.
2: uh, No, which is different. You sing terrible songs, but you sing them very well. Which is, you know, which. But okay, enough of us complimenting each other about things that most of the podcast audience will never see us do live. Let's get back to basketball which is where I want to go with... If someone spring- can <laughs> recite
0: a whole book of Paradise Lost from memory, we will do karaoke live at the next Overthinking It show.
1: <laughs> We're doing it well, live. Anyway, so you wanted to pick okay. out, of all I just I'll said, to pick you up better. my basketball.
2: Okay. I, am going to, I am going to springboard off of your basketball metaphor onto a general takedown of your, your post as a whole. So imagine me catapulting through the air as, as I say the following. So in basketball, one of the things I've I've uh, I've found, and this is through reading a bunch of statistical analyses of what makes a successful basketball player. Uh, particularly one book, uh, which the name of which I cannot remember right now, but it's going to come to me in a second. One of the biggest one of the biggest determinants of an NBA player's salary is the number of points they score, the volume of points they score, but the, one of the biggest deterrents of how much a player contributes to a team's winningness, and this has been broken down, just in better words than winningness, is, is their shooting percentage, their field goal percentage, not how many points they score. So you have right. a lot of players who score a lot of points, but that's just by virtue of putting a lot of shots on the board, whether they go in or not. It's people who, you know, put one up every time they get a hand on the ball. Whereas the, the players who actually contribute the most to a team's wins are the players with the highest field goal percentage, and also the players who uh commit the fewest turnovers and who capitalize on the most turnovers in other words who get a lot of rebounds get a lot of steals etc so and to take this back to paul rudd paul rudd you know you can say he's putting himself out there and giving himself opportunities to do a lot of bigger things but he's also missing a lot of opportunities to film better movies by wasting weeks and months out of his life filming I Love You, Man, or <laughs> I don't know, what's, what's some other terrible Paul Rudd movie? Well, uh, the, the one that's out right then.
1: now is How Do You, how do you how Know, you know? Reese yes, exactly. and Owen Wilson. Yeah, exactly.
2: He's wasting weeks and months out of his life filming these that he could be spending, I don't know, doing some critically acclaimed HBO drama or some amusing web series or something like that or, you know, the, the stuff that... Uh, The stuff that James Franco is doing, you know, he hasn't been completely in the public's eye every every minute of every day since Freaks and Geeks went off the air. But he's built up a lot of cred just by choosing his projects with, I think, some degree of care.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely a point there, but I will ask. I'll add this. There are if the difference between a basketball player who's paid a lot of money and a basketball player who wins championships is that the basketball player who. Plays a lot of, who, who gets paid a lot of money, who's seen as good, uh, takes a lot of shots and scores a lot of points. So there, there's another difference between the basketball player, whereas, versus the other one who takes fewer shots. Or two or bad shots and, and makes their points count. The other difference between a basketball player who makes a lot of money and a basketball player who wins championships is that basketball players who make a lot of money get endorsements and people like them and they're entertaining and people engage with them personally, <laughs> right? And so this is a this is a value yeah. that I that is more important to movie stars than it is to basketball players. Right. It's like it's like it is And musicians, it's more important that your public uh, public see you out there like, you know, maybe for in terms of making money as a basketball player, maybe that one crazy dunk is worth two shots from from the uh, from from the high post. Now, as a basketball player, I would say this is terrible. And I would would say, like no, you want to work on your fundamentals and you want to win games. I'd rather have the person on my team who wins games. And I've always been a fundamentally oriented basketball player, play hard defense, avoid turnovers, take care of the ball, all the other stuff. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try to make your percentage as high as possible. It's more of a psychological approach to risk taking—to not be paralyzed so much by your losses, to avoid uh, to avoid pursuing your successes. But I, I, w- I will say that um, that that maybe there's a different dynamic there. You know, maybe maybe the opportunity cost isn't that high. Like, what projects are jumping out there for Paul Rudd to do other than I Love You, Man? Is an information that would make this much more useful. Like, I'd love to see. Like, was Paul Rudd going to be in Inception? Like, probably well, not. I would I, think. I feel like-
3: it, it's not like he has no control over that, though, because I don't think the projects were just jumping out there for James Franco either. Like he, what did he do? He self-published a book of poetry and like got into a PhD program at Yale, right? Like that was, that it, it was Columbia.
2: It was Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Um, and think that, about this: two two years ago, we could have been having this hypothetical conversation about Tom Berenger and said, "Was Tom Berenger being offered a role in Inception? I don't think so." And yet, well, there's
1: also a matter that people just are
2: terrible sometimes,
1: but. Um, I mean, look, James Franco did did Pineapple Express, right? I mean, I like that, and it's good. And Date Night, he's in Date Night. Um yes. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't James, think people wait, would. Wait, point.
0: wait, wait. I mean, is the question: Is James Franco a good actor, or I mean, he's he's a, in a bizarre media circus now? But it's just kind of a perfect storm of. Uh, of a lot of things. But no, he was good in that James Dean movie. He was good in that Allen Ginsberg movie where he he did uh, just a spot on impersonation of Allen Ginsberg. He's supposed to be good in uh, 127 hours, uh, which I can't see because I don't like slasher movies.
1: Right. I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is that he seems to be doing like projects that are also silly. Right. Or that like aren't like quality projects, even though he ends up doing a good job at them.
2: Uh, well, I'd, I'd say I'd say there's a difference between and I'll I'll tap out because I've said a lot after this, but I'd say there's a difference between a silly project that's entertaining and a silly project that's calculated to make a lot of money, like the sort of romantic comedies that Paul Rudd seems to be aiming for or Spider-Man like, three. Like, uh. <laughs> okay, there, well, I mean, there's really no defending Spider-Man 3 <laughs> on any mm-hmm. level. Critical, commercial, metaphysical, environmental, economic. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the, that being said, uh, and I'm
1: done for a second. No, no, that, no, no. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
3: There's something really interesting to be said, though, about um, what the point of basketball is, Right. Like, is, bas- is the point of basketball to win games or is the point of basketball to entertain basketball fans or is the point of basketball to make a lot of money yourself as a basketball player? Like, it seems pretty yeah. clear from, uh, from the stuff that John was quoting to us that there are things that you can do to advance your career as a basketball player that are actively bad for your team. Like, the fans probably will never pick up on that. They'll just sort of love you and buy your sneakers or whatever. Um, but then you could kind of take it a step further and say that, well, the whole point of the team is to entertain the fans. And if the fans are happy, then the team is
2: doing its job. All I'm saying is we're sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise podcaster, and we're in here <laughs> talking about practice. How can I make the rest of the podcast better by practicing? All right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a game. It's not a game. We're talking about the podcast. Ha ha ha. I'll, I will say that
1: I one thing I really want to do this year, and if anyone wants to get in on this with me, I'm totally down, is I really want to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a number of years now. And I, like, I, it's like, I'm fascinated by these strange forms of Native theater, like Indigenous Theater of America, which pop up here and nowhere else, like pro wrestling. Well, pro wrestling. There are other places, too. But uh, but like pro wrestling and like comedy basketball and stuff like that. Like I, re- I think they're coming to Boston in March, so I think I'm going to go try to see the Globetrotters. The tickets are kind of expensive, um, but if if anybody wants to go see Harlem Globetrotters anywhere they go and report back, we can live tweet it or something, because uh, that it just seems to me like such a ridiculous, like, wonderful thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: So we, uh, well, maybe we could make it an overthinking It outing. Maybe we could all meet for a beer after. the. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe, I, maybe that's something we could do a video on. That would be kind of exciting. Do be... a, vid- a, a video blog from the Harlem Globetrotters. I know, maybe would...
0: there'll be some video on overthinking it next year. That yeah, would be yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, we'll leave the conversation there. If you want to join it, you know what to do. You can email us at podcast at com or call 203-285-6401 or text at the same number, 203-285-6401. But no one really does that because it's discouraging that we never do listener feedback episodes because we always have some bullshit that we want to talk about, um, uh, which is, you know, the, the, the overthinking podcast is the sound of bullshit contemplating its own bullshit bullshitness uh, sometimes, I think. Um, more so when I talk, the uh, the uh, thing to do is to head over to the comment thread on the show notes and to uh, deposit your thoughts there. Uh, deposit your your load of thoughts into a comment um, hey. because that's where the uh, that's where the interesting discussion. Starts to take place. What site is that? You ask why? It's the 2011 world champion website, www.overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It It probably
2: does. It's easy to sum up if you're just talking about the podcast. Sitting here, and I'm supposed to be the franchise podcaster, and we're talking about the podcast. I-, I mean, listen, we're sitting here talking about the podcast, not a show, not a show, not a show, but we're talking about a podcast, not the website that I go out there and die I'm for. I'm going to every
1: you The Denver Nuggets have a podcast, John. <laughs> <laughs> write
2: every article like it's my last. But we're talking about the podcast, man. How silly is that?